0: Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement.
1: how much he loves lemon ice cream. Like, it's right, it's good. And then they were holding a green popsicle.
2: No, you misread it, you misread it. I got tagged in the same thing. He said, I don't know about lemon ice cream, but lime is really good. You misread the tweet. It's
1: not ice cream if it's water-based. It's a sorbet if it's water-based, or it's a popsicle if it's (laughs) water-based. it's a sorbet
2: if it's (laughs) water-based. Yes, they're two different (laughs) things. That is fundamentally, it it can't be cream.
1: They can't be cream if it's not (laughs) milk-based.
2: That is two different things. Look at Mr. Ice Cream Scientist over here. It's not okay, okay. Ice cream has milk in it. It's like saying something's
1: a sandwich without bread.
3: (laughs) Yo guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Hot, the greatest sports podcast in the world, featuring myself, Bladen Kirk, and the two greatest co-hosts in the world in Matthew Spahn-Hour. And Thea Wash, how are you guys today? Doing fantastic. As always.
2: I'm doing well. in a car. I'm in my car, uh, <laughs> driving from Northfield, Minnesota to Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, and I'm going to Taos, is that what it's called? Yeah, Taos, Taos. New Mexico to stop. And I, apparently in Taos, there's a loud buzzing noise that never stops. A humming <laughs> noise that no one can explain that's sweet, well, hopefully, man. hopefully, hopefully the, the
3: podcast is over before you get there because i i really don't want to hear it if i'm being totally honest
2: i also hope it is because i'm in this car for another three and a half hours that would be a hell of a podcast <laughs> i drove uh, from cincinnati
1: to columbus today and i thought that was a long drive so i don't know how you're feeling man
3: dude struggling well as always make sure you guys like subscribe review whatever you can do we're on all platforms apple spotify youtube so we always greatly appreciate the engagement and the interaction and if you haven't yet make sure you're following at stay hot pot on tiktok for some awesome content there as well today um we're going to be doing a listener mailbag we haven't done one of those in a while should be a ton of fun and as I mentioned earlier, and as Theo already has talked about, he is in the car. So we're gonna try and make do the best that we can. Um, but before we dive into all those listener questions, let's hit the NBA finals real quick. Um, Matt, how do you think our predictions looking? Because we're still leaning Suns, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm still leaning
1: Suns. Um, I mean, obviously, when you predict a game to go to seven, it's not like I'm gonna for a series to go to seven. It's not like I'm gonna be stunned if the Bucks pull this one out. Um, yeah. But I think the mistakes that Phoenix is making right now are something that can be fixed. Giannis looks like he's I mean, he was fantastic. He's been fantastic the last three games, uh, but he looks a little tired. Plus, when you have Chris Middleton go crazy like that, it's tough to win games. But I think Chris Paul needs to be better. He lost the ball like a hundred times <laughs> off unforced errors. And it's painful to watch, considering that I think we're all rooting for Phoenix. Um, but I th- this is kind of what we expected. We, we expected the Bucks to make it close, and they are, and they're a good team, but uh, both, both, these, both these squads just seem really inconsistent right now.
2: Yeah, yeah. would no, have the to Suns got, The Suns got home court over the next three games, um, and I think that it's an edge in their favor. You know, Booker played well last night, really well. Paul played pretty well two nights ago or in game three. So I just need both of them to play well together obviously yeah. no, this is a problem middleton is inconsistent uh so uh, yeah it's definitely a coin flip at this point i feel that phoenix the prediction is kind of still going the way phoenix gets to an early lead bucks make it close phoenix pulls it out is what we said at the beginning and we got to right. stick with it Can't 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 change our mind now that the bucks have the momentum huh
3: <laughs> not they have all the momentum, man. The buggy, but people were saying that I said the exact same thing. Like what I'm saying about the Suns right now, people are saying I said the exact same thing about the Hawks. Um, but I also don't think the Hawks were as talented as the Suns are. Well, you were like, picking
1: the Hawks towards the end there for like the sake of picking the Hawks. <laughs> Whereas with the Suns, yeah. like, I legitimately think that they're probably going to win. Not probably, but I legitimately like them in the series. Uh, but it all comes down to Chris Paul. He he just can't he can't play that bad. He has to be better. He can't better. suck. Yeah, that's he can't key. suck. Don't
2: suck. Don't no. suck in the finals. Keys to the win, that's what I'd say if I was Monty Williams. You not suck. Yeah. That, you, that's
3: Chris. that that is the one advantage I thought the Suns had going into this series is that, you know, they had Chris Paul and Devin Booker who were consistently playing well together. Whereas with the Bucks, it's like Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton can never really seem to string together great games. And it's Two like every now games. and then it's like every now and then one of them will pull together a decent game like we or a really good game like we saw Middleton do last night but that's just I if the one thing that the Suns had going their way like really heavily in their favor now all of a sudden flips on its head that's going to be a problem
1: I think that I think the home court advantage is going to be a big help Oh, so we'll see Book, how Booker,
3: Booker almost get- got fouled <laughs> out last night. That, that can't Booker, happen. Again. <laughs> Booker had like ten
2: or eleven or maybe twelve. Or yeah, maybe no, he should he should have right. gotten fouled
3: out. Yeah, I can't believe he didn't. That was ridiculous. But moving we'll on to the, the listener mailbag. Yeah, <laughs> moving on to the listener mailbag. We put out the bat signal for your questions, and y'all delivered. Like we got seventy questions. I think within what, like an hour. it was ridiculous. But we have, I think, hundreds now to sift through. Um, But we found some gems. So we're going to hop into the first voicemail here right now. And uh, my name is Lawrence. I'm from Kansas City. And I just want to say what's up to everybody on the pod. Theo, Matt, Bladen, And uh, my name is Lawrence. I'm from Kansas City. And I wanted to ask a quick Chiefs-related question. If the Chiefs were to make it, to a third Super Bowl in a row, they would it. this make them a die?
2: Yeah, that's would fair. Yeah, Three fair in a row. I mean, you could think of. Well, I don't know. It kind of depends. If they were three in a row and then they sucked the rest of the way, like through the decade for some reason, then maybe not. But if they if they get to these three, and it's almost guaranteed they're in the playoffs like the rest of the, like the rest of the decade here, or at least contending, I'd say that you could call like the chiefs
1: dynasty it would it would have to be i think they'd have to get win another ring i don't think you could say it's a dynasty with one championship
3: yeah That's fair. i i also think that um the patriots didn't they're they're like an extraordinarily rare dynasty like, yeah yeah like you're like not gonna see that we can't, we, stuff we, like we that. can't compare yeah. the chiefs to like the patriots because no one is lasting two decades la- like that again you got to compare them to like the Steelers. Or like the 49ers, the 49ers or the Cowboys. The Cowboys yeah. yeah, it's like you, those, those dynasties, they're like not 20 years long, right? And I think it's reasonable that the Chiefs, you know, they have Patrick Mahomes on this massive deal. Andy Reid's a good coach. They have the weapons. Um, as long as everyone can stay healthy and they can keep their guys, no reason to believe they can't, you know, be a five, six, seven year dynasty.
2: Yeah, I, I would say that Matt is right. That if they lose the Super Bowl this year, like coming off that loss, no one's going to be like officially a dynasty. They'd be like, yeah. <laughs> and this team? Is this team ever going to be a dynasty?" Would be the dialogue. Right. Yeah, yeah. If exactly. they win yeah. one, then yeah, you can maybe say if they win two rings and they're relevant, like in the playoffs for the like, that's pretty much a sure thing.
1: Yeah, if you're relevant in the playoffs for a decade and you got two rings, that's a dynasty.
2: Yeah, like yeah. the Packers are very close to a dynasty in my opinion with Rogers yeah. with one ring, but they're not quite there.
3: Yeah. It, yeah. That's that's the biggest thing. Two rings and a decade of playoff relevance, I like that. I like that definition of a dynasty. Moving on to the second voicemail.
2: Hey guys, um I'm Morgan I'm from Buffalo. And I'm just here to say that Bladen, your God. lemon lemon ice cream take, again, we're going back to this
1: It's good. You human light. <laughs> You're thank pitch. you. Let me try it basically, and it's thank so you. good. I'm I you. on your side,
2: it is 100% <laughs> top free ice cream. It is very good. Thank,
1: thank you. you for the recommendation
2: and <laughs> keep up the good work. Yeah,
1: someone on Twitter yesterday tagged me, and they're like, Oh, Bladen's spitting about how much he loves lemon ice cream. Like, it's right, it's good. And then they were holding a green popsicle. <laughs> For it
2: to be lemon ice cream. No, you misread it. You misread it. I got tagged in the same thing. And he said, I don't know about, he said, I don't know about lemon ice cream, but lime is really good. You misread the tweet. It's not ice cream if it's water-based.
1: It's a sorbet if it's water-based or it's a popsicle if it's water-based. It's a sorbet
2: if it's (laughs) water-based. Yes,
1: they're two different (laughs) things. That is fundamentally, it It can't be cream. They can't be cream if it's not (laughs) milk-based. That is two different well, things. Look at
2: Mr. Ice Cream Scientist over it's here. It's not science. Okay, scientist. okay. Injuries, okay. Ice Cream, cream has milk in it. Einstein. It's like saying something's
1: a sandwich without bread.
3: <laughs> okay, what about vegan ice cream?
1: I don't know. Is I that, haven't had it. I don't know. Is that, is is that, that ice cream? Again, is I'm vegan not i ice cream? I'm just, is it
2: water-based? I guess not. I, guess I don't, it's I don't know. Based. It's water-based. I've never even heard of a sorbet before.
1: It's like, uh, those like Rita's ice things, lemon, like sorbet, lemon, like water-based stuff is fine. It's good. I, I, I like lemon, lemon popsicles are cool, but lemon ice cream.
3: I literally saw, I saw this girl tweet that she made like this lemon milk based drink. I can't remember what it was, but I retweeted it because it looked fire. I'm just like, I, I don't know, man.
1: I, you know what? Here's the thing. I've people... tried. I've tried the lemon milk thing. I have given that a shot. Not good.
3: I, I can't like remember it. the. It was like it was like condensed milk, cream. Like le- I can't. It was like a lemonade, but it was like milk. I,
1: I, I lemon milk is like a combo I've seen before, and I I think it's one of those things where it's like good for a sip, and then if you actually try to have like a glass of it, it gets old real quick, and it's it's not for me. Well,
3: well, I appreciate. The love for lemon ice cream. Let's move on to the third voicemail.
2: Hi guys, I'm Joel from Minnesota. I wanted you to rank these players one to four: Trey Young, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, and Donovan Mitchell. Thank you. Uh, I think that I would go with Tatum at number one. There, I think, I think so Tatum. Too. It's close. I think Tatum is such a baller, and he's the one who's going to be like. He's the one dropping 60 in the playoff. I don't know. They're all so good. But I think Tatum has the highest upside there. Um, and it's probably the best right now. Um, and then maybe Young, Booker, Mitchell. I think that's my list.
3: I kind, I kind of want to put Booker at two. But I, I, I agree that there's like a lot of... I think it's really close. It is. The one thing that Young does really well, and we talked about this in the group chat, is the way he facilitates an offense and the way he can like move the ball is just unreal. I don't know.
1: I think that I'm I'm going Trey Young at two after Tatum. I'd agree with you that I'd have Tatum above him. I don't think Booker has been so okay, if you're going with Booker above Trey Young, then you like his consistency like his shot creation is probably a little bit better, I guess. But I don't know if the gap's that big because Booker had a pretty big string of not great games in the playoffs. Um, yeah, and he was awesome guess, last night. Fair. But he can't play. But he, he he's not even in the same stratosphere as Trey Young as a playmaker. Uh, yeah. I think I think Trey Young Trae is, is also like a
3: horrible defender.
1: I don't know. He is, but I, I'm Devin Booker isn't a good enough defender. I mean, he's I all right, but he's, it, I, don't, I don't know if that's making a huge difference for me when there's such a big gap between them as how they can run offenses.
2: I would say, like, as much as I love Devin Booker, he might be my favorite player on my favorite team. Like, I love Booker, but if you traded him for Trae Young, I don't know if the Hawks get to the Eastern Conference Finals. I just think having that point guard ball facilitator is just a little... Having, like kind of booker being as like the secondary ball handler that would be my only thing with when it comes to booker versus trey young
3: yeah I, I i can understand that i i just feel like Booker if we're talking just like in terms of talent and ability i feel like i would take booker but if i guess if you want to you know say that you know being a pure point that that value reigns supreme then i i can understand that
1: yeah, and even even then, I'm really torn on Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker. I think that's a pretty fair fight. Um, Donovan Mitchell's really good, so I, I would go, I would go Tatum one, Trey two, Devin Booker three. Right now, I'll, I'll be a prisoner of the moment and say that because he's in the finals. Even though I'll probably watch some games next year or whatever, and then be like, oh, Donovan Mitchell's better, and then I'll go um, Mitchell at four,
3: right. That's that's fair, Theo. I'm sorry we have to deal with uh, your your technical issues. Uh, feel bad. It, you're you're not getting no, put fine. in the I, not getting put in the absolute best audio situation right now. But uh, we do have an email question we want to get into. We can't do only voicemails. This one is from Ben Ellingson. I think I pronounced that right. Um, and he says, who? is most likely out of you three to become famous? Um, you know, that's, that seems like a very weird question. <laughs> to, to, if I'm being totally honest.
2: <laughs> I think it's me. I think I would be, I mean, we're already all known <laughs> in, in specific niche, niche circles, but I feel like I've got some acting chops and if I really got, uh, got big, I might, if I got bored of this, I think I'd go to Hollywood and do some auditions and I For think sure. I could get some small roles. There. Yeah.
1: So, so I think, it's like, I think I'm going to go with me. <laughs> if you get tired of stay hot podcast, uh, you're going to go become a famous he's actor. He's going to be an
3: event. He's going to, yeah, he's going to become, gonna become a
2: movie star. If I get okay. sick of <laughs> Yeah. So it's me. Yeah.
3: It's definitely Theo. I, I will say, you know, you having like the acting background, that's, yeah, I guess relatively important. And, then, like,
2: and Matt doesn't want to be famous, A. True. Matt is yes. always... Theo, do, like do, you, do, you, do you want to be famous? Yes, I do. I would love to be famous. Okay. I think that would be fun. Well, then it See, comes down Matt, to me and you in,
3: It comes down to me and you then.
2: Well, your side hustle <laughs> is being like a computer programmer. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. my side hustle is going to Hollywood and trying to uh, get an <laughs> a- acting job there. So I think yeah. it's got to be me. Matt yeah, does yeah, want the, to be famous.
1: True. You are the theater kid, so okay. I feel so, like that so, defaults
3: to you. So, so Matt, so Theo's the most likely to be be famous. So then, what's Matt the most likely to be? I guess we have to establish that off the
2: grid, disappearing. <laughs> yes, uh, never to be seen again. Once he once he runs into some money and he's out in the mountains somewhere, I don't know.
3: <laughs> and then our producer already said that I'm going to be like a millionaire by 23. So Yeah, I you're guess the that's most the uh, profit,
2: profit <laughs> driven of us. You're definitely going to have the biggest bag of all of us, most likely.
3: I care. I, I just I don't like money to be an option, you know? I just want to live. But uh, moving on to the fourth voicemail.
2: Hey, guys. This is Will from New Hampshire. And I was really excited to see you give a shout-out to Damian Harris uh, last episode because he's just so criminally underrated. And my question for you is if you had to compile – A starting offensive lineup, call it your first team, all underrated players, just sleepers at each position for QB, two wide receivers, running back and tight end, who would that be and why? Thanks, guys.
3: That's that's a very loaded question. Um, That's that's a lot. (laughs) But I I think we are actually setting up some sort of a startup draft for next episode or next week. Um, I don't think it'll be all sleepers. But I think, but that is something we are definitely planning. I, I like that question a lot. I would stay tuned for that just because that is such a, that could be its own topic. And I don't want to sit here and spend a million years on one, you know, discussion. Of, when we have multiple other voicemails and emails to get through. Mm-hmm. But yeah, stay tuned for next episode. I think that's something we're, we are definitely looking to do. But I appreciate the question on that. Let's hop into the fifth voicemail.
2: Uh, hey guys, this is Ryan from Toronto. And i um, with the, uh, I guess my question is with the Olympics approaching soon, uh, what is one slept on event? One event that doesn't get enough media coverage, but you think it's fun to follow and fun to watch. Um, yeah. Can't I already know what you guys are going to say. London boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How do you already know what I'm going to say? In I know what you're going to say. In the winter
2: Olympics, it's curling.
3: <laughs> yeah. I
1: thought you guys curling were going to say curling. in the
2: winter curling. Olympics is yeah, but this is—I this, don't know if he's talking about the Summer Olympics because that's just okay. starting. But the Winter yeah. Olympics, curling rocks, and I was so so. I thought that was like a well-known fact is that curling is awesome. But then I don't even know how curling got brought up. But in my mention, curling was getting slandered as being boring. It's like I don't understand. So my answer of the entire Olympics is curling. But I'd, okay. I'd have to think about Summer Olympics. I, yeah,
1: I know every, every my time i uh, every time I've made curling based content. On my
3: TikTok, it's received nothing but negative comments. That's tough. I'm sorry. I've How never watched curling, curling, but I I watched, like the one highlight, and I thought it was pretty decent. Not as often as
2: you I want to see. You never watched Theo. curling?
3: Not like in the Olympics, but like I saw like that one highlight that you retweeted, and I was like, "That's pretty cool." That was like a cool like setup. I just thought it was cool, but like I I also don't pay attention to the Winter Olympics as much because I really only what? care the about Olympics, track.
2: The winter Olympics are the better one.
3: Stop. I only, I only care about track. That's all I watch it for. So like,
2: you don't like snowboarding and the ski board skiing. I, it's not that like, I, I just, I just don't,
3: it's, it's like, it's cool. I just don't all the care. Tricks? I just like,
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's cool,
3: but I just don't care. Like <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm being totally honest. I, just, um, but the one slept on event, if I had to pick it's in track, the 400 hurdles, um, <laughs> That's that's the hardest event in track easily.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say.
3: You know <laughs> hey what? I'm, I'm going
1: in a different direction. I'm going in a different direction. I don't care. This is going to be a bad take. Most overrated Olympic sport? Bobsled. I have no idea what is going on or how you're supposed to like <laughs> do better. It just goes and they just <laughs> sit in it. How does it work? Right? Like I watch curling and I know... I know nothing about curling But at least I understand what they're trying to do And when a good shot happens, I'm like, oh, that's a good shot With bobsled, couldn't tell you anything I'm lost
3: I think it's just about, like, shifting weight I think that has a lot to do with it But I could be totally wrong I don't know, I just
2: like seeing the dudes go down the tube And at the end, it's like Oh, you were .3 seconds faster I guess, (laughs) I don't know It's it's just fun to watch them fly down there I'm like, look it up, I I, I wish I could do that But I do kind of see where you're coming from I've honestly find a lot of the Summer Olympics, like gymnastics is cool. I actually can get down with swimming, but none of the track events really speak that much to me and I don't know. I would I don't know yeah, I just think running crazy.
3: a sorry, watching dad. a really competitive four hundred I think is really entertaining. But everyone who like watches mm-hmm. track in the Olympics watches the four hundred. It's like the most popular event. But like the four hundred hurdles, it's a beast. And it's so fun. Maybe I'm biased because I run the 400 hurdles, but like I think <laughs> your
1: 400 hurdles bias is showing.
3: My four hundred hurdles bias is sh- I love the event. That's like I, I ran the 400, I ran the 8, I ran 300 hurdles in high school, but like the 400 hurdles was my favorite race that I ever ran. It's 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 an awesome race. Um, but I was actually I think on we, the
2: bobsled <laughs> team in high school.
3: Oh,
1: uh, then Theo, so tell us how do you how do you get
2: better at bobsledding? I'm kidding. I was, there. I was not on the box. Like,
3: <laughs> he <laughs> <laughs> just lied like on, on air yeah. compulsive liar. But I think we're just going to move on to the, as much as we would love to talk about the Olympics for 45 minutes. Let's move on to the next voicemail.
2: Uh, hello, this is Mark from Illinois. And, uh, do you think that coach Bud should be fired from the Milwaukee Bucks?
3: here's okay i i here here's the thing right if they win the finals he won't get fired right there's no way but if they if they lose the finals it will definitely be like a discussion but i don't know if he does either way
2: they're not gonna fire him after a finals appearance there's just no way that they do that um if they were to lose on some inexplic- inexplicable decision where he, like, plays Jeff Teague uh, for, like, <laughs> 10 minutes straight or something, I don't know, maybe then. But honestly, I'm not super impressed with the coaching in either of these playoffs uh, so far. I haven't really written- I mean, Monty has delivered some very cool speeches and, like, galvanizing moments. But, like, I didn't like how long Booker was on the bench. I don't know. So... I don't, but I would not. I don't know if I would fire Bud after a finals appearance, but he is kind of bad. So maybe I would just because I know <laughs> that he's not the reason why the Bucks are in the finals. I've, I'm pretty confident that he's not. So maybe I would. Maybe as,
1: good as of now, no, I wouldn't fire him. With the position that he has him in, they've bounced back well the last couple games. Uh, the offense has looked a little bit better, even though I know that Holiday was cold. Maybe that's just is because. Chris Middleton was on fire or whatnot, and Giannis is going nuts. Um, but I, I think it'll come down to if they lose the series in the next three games and it feels like it was Bud who made bad calls and ended up causing them to lose, then, yeah, that he'll probably I, – I think I would move on from him if he blows the series. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily so mean much that. I wouldn't say that because I feel like the Bucks could lose and it not be Bud's, like, obviously Bud's fault. But if it is in the next three
2: games, he would be done if they win, obviously. So then he's he coaching for his job right now in the finals. I think I might agree with that, honestly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I he mean, it's just he's, a weird situation. You, you've, <laughs> yeah. been handed, you've been handed a great, great run here. You've gotten a lot of breaks. You're up against a team that you should beat, really. The Bucks. I mean, if the Bucs feel like they aren't better than the Suns right now, then they I don't know. I, I feel like that's pretty bogus because they're a super talented team with Giannis and whatnot. Uh, so if they feel like they lose a series because of bad coaching, then yeah, I'd fire them. But that remains to be seen.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we have another email question. This one's from Nathan Cardenas. I, again, I'm bad with names. Um, so I'm sorry if I ever butcher someone's Cardinus. name. Cardenas? You think so? Okay. Yeah. Well, Uh, Well, we'll go with Cardenas then. Nathan Cardenas, he says, Hey guys, love the show. I just have one bone to pick with y'all. In what world are the Niners the worst team in their division? The Niners have a top five defensive line with Eric Armstead and Joey Boza, uh, or not Joey Boza, Nick Boza, top five linebacker in Fred Warner, a top corner in Jason Verrett, one of the best offensive lines led by one of the best left tackles in Trent Williams, a young and talented receiving corp, and a stacked backfield that only got better with Wayne Gallman and drafting Trey
2: Sermon. It's a good question and I'm su- I supr- I'm surprised that you guys agreed with me when I said that they would finish last. But I said they would miss the playoffs after they lost the Super Bowl and then they did, but they got everyone got hurt. So I kind of yeah. feel like that was kind of a bogus uh, or a Mickey Mouse prediction. Right, getting right that prediction. The same way. So I just kind of went with it again. Uh, and I guess you guys all agree with me, but I just thought that...
1: Well, if you want to know my...
2: Quarterback.
1: My, my genuine opinion is I kind of think the Seahawks look really rough. I think that roster looks really rough, but I'm not going to... It would be dumb to pick against the Seahawks making the playoffs at this point, right? They're so consistent with Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson and whatnot. Um, but I think there's a lot of holes there. That defense isn't perfect. Um, with the Cardinals, you said that you liked them uh, before Kyler got hurt, and I 100% agree with that. They were cooking, and then we love the Rams. So somebody has to finish last. I, I think I could see a scenario where maybe the Cardinals just don't put it together the same way that they did in those first half, uh, the first half of the last season or whatnot. Or maybe there's a scenario where finally Pete, Carroll, and Russ don't just figure it out like they always seem to do um, and they have a rough year so i understand why the 49ers it, it's tough to put them last but i don't know it's it's the yeah, division I mean, is just could, so great i could counter
2: that. that i could counter that by saying jimmy g's probably the worst quarterback in that division that's what i would yeah I could that's counter that's that yeah. By saying they have a young they have a young project quarterback who i like a lot in Trey lance but he's not entirely accurate and you know there might be some stuff that he has to work on the secondary is questionable, I think, with, um, you know, with their current setup, and I- I'm not sure that I love the, – trust their secondary a whole lot or their defense to be quite as good as it was in 2019. They lost their fantastic defensive coordinator. You know, they lost Armstead – I mean, not Armstead. They lost Buckner last year, and he's not coming back or anything. So, like, I could definitely – that's why I had them at last um, – but yeah, I could definitely I, see them th- finishing first. It's a really, it's a really competitive division. But you know, you can make that argument with that, anyone. That's really, that's last. really and the
3: biggest thing. Is the division is just so hard. And I, I have um, PFF's positional like rankings based on value. And if you look at like every other team in that division has an awesome quarterback. Like even if Trey Lance is good. There's no. I don't think there's any way that he's better than the worst than Kyler, right? Or Stafford. Um, The Seahawks. You know, Matt, you mentioned that you don't love their roster. The Seahawks have by far the best quarterback in that division. They have by far. I don't know about by far, but they probably have the best receiving group in that division, or at least the best receiving duo. Yeah. See, and uh, even even the Seahawks. I I, I would say those are the two most valuable positions. They, and they they're, have,
1: and, and, yeah, yeah. They have a lot of holes on the roster, but yeah. they don't have, they don't lack talent. That's what I should say. Yeah, because um, those are two different things. Uh, but no team in that division is rough. Um, and if there was ever going to be a division to somehow get all four of their teams in the playoffs, it would be them this year. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that's going to happen.
3: Is it, like we, we were saying that this, the 49ers are going to be like last in a division with like nine or ten wins. Like it's, it, it is a brutal division.
2: Yeah. So that's why, and I think if you're a 49ers fan and you think we're all complete dumbasses for saying that, I would say that you are not at all delusional for thinking the 49ers could be yeah. really, really good. Like, I, I don't think that, <laughs> I don't blame any 49ers fans for being like, these kids don't know what they're talking about because I would <laughs> yeah. be too if I was them.
3: Yeah, it's a good division. Every team in that division has the chance to make the playoffs. It's just that you have to pick someone to be last. And we just happen to pick the 49ers. Um, But yeah, it's nothing personal. Moving on to the seventh voicemail. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Brendan from Illinois, and I got a question for you guys. Who do you think is going to have the most impactful or the best sophomore season going into the next NFL season? Okay, well, he didn't say quarterback. Oh, all the rookies <laughs> last year.
1: Yeah, that's um, one of those ones where you got to like, you're going to get off the podcast I'll, and you're going to be like, oh, I should have said this guy.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to make sure I you know, don't the name miss someone. That comes to my head, the name that comes to my head is Cam Dantzler. I think that the Vikings are a really good roster, but the secondary is rough. If Cam Dantzler can take a step, guard wide receiver or guard wide receiver ones and let Patrick Peterson like kind of take those wide receiver twos. I think all of a sudden if you take that next step into a really good high-level corner, um, that entire secondary is kind of set, and that's kind of the last thing on that defense where it's like they there's that question mark gets filled. So I feel like Cam Dantzler is the name that immediately comes to mind.
3: But is, is that a guy you think actually will take that step, or is that a guy you're saying he needs to take the step? Because I think those are two kind He's of different things.
2: pretty good. Things. I think that he could. I mean... I think that he's as good of a bet as anyone to take a really strong, like impactful sophomore season, at least to the names that come to mind. Uh, yeah. for me, that, be I'm mine surprised. Answer, I'm yeah.
3: surprised you didn't say Dobbins.
2: That's kind of, well,
3: no, I, I'm glad you didn't say Dobbins because that would go against like the whole, like running back value argument. And in terms of if we want to talk about like an improving season, that's one thing. And I think Dobbins has the potential to even be a leading rusher, but in terms of like an impactful season. Yeah, no, I'm glad you didn't say Dobbins that made my heart warm. So I'm going to go with the
1: running back. Uh, Cam Akers I think will be a lot better. (laughs) Uh, he, I, I talked about him before, but he turned it on towards the end of the season. I think he's really talented. Um, and I think it's a yeah. big with <laughs> getting guy. Stafford. It just, it, yeah, it just he 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 was doing good at the end of last season. The rest of the offense, I think, is pretty solid. Stafford's going to stretch the field, and that'll that makes you know life easier on the running back a little bit there. So uh, I like him. Plus, Sean McVay's a he was a good coach, good play caller. So I, I like the position he's in.
2: Yeah. yeah, I mean Darrell Henderson was kind of balling at the beginning of last season, and I feel like Cam Akers did a – more talented running back than he is. So if you can get one guy getting the, uh, getting the beneficiary of that offense, yeah, can't yeah. probably a good choice.
1: And they spent, I mean, they spent a big pick on him. So they, I they think they're motivated to give him a bunch of touches.
3: That's fair. Um, there's a lot of guys I could go with. I want to lean Jalen Hurts, but I feel like I talked about Jalen Hurts already a lot. So I'm not going to say him. I kind of want to go T Higgins. I feel like Jamar Chase being there can take, you know, some of the load off, but there's a lot of guys. I feel like on that, or there's a lot of receivers, at least I think that, you know, could be getting targets. And I don't know if T Higgins necessarily has the most impactful season. Um, I guess CJ Henderson, if we want to go defense, is another guy that comes to mind for Jacksonville. Um, I'm not going to go Jonathan Taylor for running back. Um, Chase Young, though. I feel like Chase Young, if Chase Young can take a next step as, an, as a pass rusher, I think that, I think that could be Raps. Yeah,
2: I feel like he is a really, really, really great run defender right now. But yeah, he is a little bit unrefined still as a pass rusher, and I feel like a little bit overrated uh, as a pass pure pure like finesse pass rusher. But if he he can add those moves to his arsenal in year two, then he could definitely be like the play. It's it's, he
3: he needs to take the step from from like the step that Jadavian Clowney did not take because Jadavian Clowney was a, a a monster run defender. Like even in co- like that that was his thing in college. He was just a monster run defender, but he never took that step to be just a dominant pass rusher too. If Chase Young can do that, that defense is terrifying. Which I think it's already pretty damn good. But moving on to what is this? Eight voicemails now. <laughs> hey guys, it's Makai Taylor. I'm from New York, and I was just wondering who you guys think the most
2: likely athletes are in the NBA and NFL. My picks would be Giannis Antetokounmpo and Lamar Jackson. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.
3: I like Lamar, but I feel like Lamar gets a lot of hate.
1: <laughs> are, we talking, are we talking most likable or most, most liked.
3: liked? I guess um, those are two different things.
1: Yeah, I, I, I like... I'm assuming it's our favorites, because we want, like... Who wants yeah. to hear about who's just the most likable overall?
2: All the most likable players are the guys that I slander, apparently, because I always get legions <laughs> of people after me. So I would answer Joe Burrow, Larry Fitzgerald, and uh, yeah, those two <laughs> like everyone. Joe Burrow, good <laughs> choice for me. I guess.
1: Yeah, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is yeah. a good choice, though. Yeah, he, he is really a likable guy. Um, yeah. I like Lamar Jackson a lot too. Um, He's fun to watch. Uh, as far as the NBA goes, I think John Morant's a really likable guy. um That's true. That's good excluding tip. Hornets players because that's cheating. I feel like right, you're not me. allowed.
3: I was about to say, I'm surprised you didn't say Mellow. Oh, Mellow and Miles Mello Bridges is are not likable
2: in my eye. Like I feel like Mellow <laughs> is gotten more likable, but I feel like at first, like the stigma from his Lavar, who I find incredibly annoying, definitely follow by Mellow at least for me is just like, I I just, the ball family circuit is annoying, (laughs) in my opinion. But I do, Melo has kind of won me over a little bit.
3: Oh, man. Yeah, I I guess. Yeah, I like Melo.
2: Okay, no, no, I have a guy. I have a guy,
3: NFL, Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry is super likable.
1: Not even the most likable Oh, Nothing against Jarvis Landry Nick Miles, really Garrett, Miles Garrett Is
3: My, Miles Garrett Nick Chubb And Jarvis Landry Are the three most likable Dude, guys the Miles world. Garrett Beat someone
1: Garrett. over the head With his
3: helmet Which
1: granted There is a faction of I'm NFL fans
2: That do not like Miles Garrett And will never like who? Miles Garrett. Because who of what he did Other than Steelers fans up. Basically Other everyone than... Who thinks it's bad To beat someone over the head With a helmet <laughs> Like everyone Who is like uh, Maybe that was assault Which is not me but like, there's a lot of people who would probably hold that over Miles Garrett for the rest of his career. And honestly, I'm not totally sure know. that it's not deserved. I don't blame it. I think it's I have very mixed feelings is.
1: about but, that situation, too, because I don't know what was happened or, or,
3: or
2: what was said or no, whatnot. Miles, but, uh,
3: Miles did the right thing.
2: <laughs> but there are definitely <laughs> going to be people who do not care what was said, and they don't care. They don't believe Miles' story about what was said who Will never like Miles Garrett, a lot of them. So I don't think Miles Garrett's the answer to most likable. Jarvis, I don't I l- know anything about Miles. Jarvis Landry, so I can't say that he's super likable. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe I mean, Chubb. okay, I, I mean, like Chubb,
3: I yeah, no, Chubb's, well, Chubb doesn't say anything. That's the thing. It's like, right. Chubb is well, just. What does
2: Jarvis say? Well, it's not know. about like, have you
3: like the dodgeball? Like, he's great at dodgeball. That's super cool. I don't know. Nick
1: Chubb is like. He's super fun to watch. He's so fun to watch, and he seems to okay, be
3: really, really yeah, team-focused. I mean, yeah, Guys like fun that are always going to be likable. I guess that's fair. Russell Wilson, I guess, is kind of in that same category.
2: Russell Wilson? I don't love Russell Wilson. I think he's a little bit corny and, like, I don't know. <laughs> that's why I like him, Then like like I'm corny. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Matt was the corny one, but... I don't know. My oh answer my would God. be Burrow right now. I feel like no one, like I would be probably branded as a Burrow hater, but like Burrow is a really likable athlete, yeah. like as a guy. So maybe he'd be my answer right now. That's fair.
3: Yeah, I know Burrow. Burrows. I don't think I know anyone that just like hates Burrow. That's probably. And then maybe the Dame answer. in the NBA. Dame, yeah, Dame, Dame, super likable. But moving on to the ninth voicemail, we have so many playing in a COVID season with a limited off season. Hey, Daniel. This is Daniel calling from Florida.
2: Um, I'm just calling, asking how the group is so <laughs> confident that Tua
3: is not going to perform well next season. I mean, he was playing in a COVID season with a limited offseason, coming off a serious injury, and he had a handcuff the entire season behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I don't think it's
1: unreasonable to believe that
3: he could have a
2: bounce-back season. Uh, but it seems as though I'm alone. In thinking this, so I'm just curious why you guys are so confident that two of. If anything, of all, he's not alone in thinking that. Yeah, I was about to I say we're
3: we're alone. We're alone in thinking that.
2: <laughs> we're not alone either. There's there's two factions here. There's and it could happen or it couldn't. The reason why I think it couldn't is because he was branded as this pro ready, super accurate, you know, super smart, gonna jump in right away and be this guy like immediately. That's what he was. This pro ready quarterback. He comes in. He doesn't know the playbook. He's not willing to take chances. So if he's not pro ready in this like accurate, high football IQ genius, what is he? And that's my, that's my thing and why I don't trust him to just take this step into this elite tank worthy quarterback that he was built as. Can he be Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah. Can he be Jerry Goff? I think so. Like in that tier? Yes. But I don't ever think, I don't think he has that feeling that, that he was built as as this like generational college quarterback.
1: I mean, with all the circumstances that you listed and with the weapons that he has and whatnot, I agree that it's kind of almost impossible not to expect Tua to get better. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely the least confident of the three of us, I think, that Tua isn't going to be good, um, but I guess my prediction would be more of like, he'll be better and he'll make some good plays. And he'll take a step, but he won't necessarily be really, really great right off the bat. And then I, I don't know. I, I agree that maybe his ceiling is a little low from what we've seen so far from him. Plus, I, I think the injury problems are, are pretty pretty real for him. He, he's had he's had some pretty big injuries at Alabama, more than one. So
3: I, I just feel like even if you know Tua takes a step and it looks like he might be progressing, I think it's still gonna feel like he's holding that offense back. Right? I hate. The whole like oh no off season covid covid season excuse everyone dealt with it everyone dealt with that the only if you want to bring up his injury sure right you know his hip was obviously a big detriment to his season but like I think I think his biggest problems are that he's not confident throwing the ball down the field and like Theo said he didn't know the playbook. Right? Him being, you know, handcuffed and trying to like be babysat by Ryan Fitzpatrick was a necessity. It wasn't a hindrance. It was, they had to do that because Tua was not ready to play in the NFL. And that's on him. And I don't, and I don't know if he takes, I I, I don't know. Without Ryan Fitzpatrick, I would be worried that if he isn't playing well, I don't know what the Dolphins do.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's straight from his own mouth. Him saying, I don't know the playbook. You know, there were reports that maybe the Dolphins' teammates were wondering. Like, is he really the guy I, there, were, there were some reports about that that I saw that his teammates weren't super confident in him. The coaches were clearly not super confident in him because in must-win situations, they would pull him and they would pull exactly. him frequently throughout the year and maybe that was a good idea because he wouldn't let him spiral and like when things started to get bad, they would pull him. Maybe that ends up being a good idea, but at the moment, he just was supposed to be the most pro-ready guy and he was the least pro-ready guy. So when you're not, the, what you were billed as, and I, 20% of quarterbacks drafted in the first round actually work out. Like, it is, the hit rate is lower than the miss rate. And when Chua gets off to that kind of start, it raises, and I was already projecting him to be kind of a bust, even before he played a snap. So when I see that, and then nothing really proves me wrong, I don't know why I would change my mind.
1: Well, he can get better for sure, but I think he just has a lot of ground to make up from where he was last season. Yeah,
3: that's really what it comes down to. But now we have another email question from our boy Wilson Walls. Uh, I can pronounce that name. That's an easy one. Would you rather be dunked on by someone not known for dunking, like Chris Paul, or have your ankles broken by someone not known for being like a dribble god, like Rudy Gobert? Um, He also says that he's a really big fan of the show and he has aspirations of potentially getting into sports media one day and that we're huge influences and role models of those aspirations. And he hopes that uh, to have something like we guys have in the future and to keep up the great work. And I just want to say that I really appreciate that. It means a lot. But, um, okay, rather get your ankles broken by someone who's not known for breaking ankles or get dunked on by someone who's not known for dunking.
1: Dunked on.
2: Easy. If I got crossed up by Rudy Gobert, I'd kill myself. If I got dunked on by a little NBA player, like, okay. okay I guess that's like fair, because even though Chris Paul's not known for
3: dunking, he can still dunk.
1: It kind I guess it kind of depends a little bit on who exactly it is. Um, but you can't you can't get crossed up by Rudy Gobert. Um, dunked on by Chris Paul I think is a little bit more acceptable
3: yeah okay I guess that's fair but what if you got okay who's the shortest player in NBA history
1: Muggsy Bogues
3: okay um what if you got dunked on by Muggsy Bogues is that acceptable he's like 50 something (laughs)
2: like like five foot three if I got dunked on by Muggsy Bogues honestly I would just be so impressed that he did it that I couldn't even (laughs) but like right yeah, what about like like Isaiah Thomas? Gobert especially. Isaiah Thomas, I would be glad that I would be, it would be an honor to get dunked on by <laughs> Isaiah Thomas. Be completely honest. Right. It would be, I would feel, I would feel like, let's go, Isaiah. He, he just did that. And the moment would be like, wow, Isaiah Thomas got up. But like Gobert, a am a Gobert hater. I, I am. I, I don't like him. I just don't like him. I don't think that he is as good as a lot of people think he is. And I think he's annoying because he rubbed his hands all over the bike when he had COVID and got the league shut down. I thought that was <laughs> annoying of him. And I thought it was annoying that he cried about not being an all-star when he should have been an all-star. And now he gets all these all-star nods, but I don't think he should be an all-star. I don't like Gobert. So if I got crossed up by Gobert, I would be inconsolable. So that's my answer. <laughs> is a, I wouldn't want to get crossed up by a guy who's being triple, especially Gobert.
1: Well, there's a big difference between, like, okay, if Giannis is coming at me, uh, in the paint, and he's trying to dunk on me, there's nothing I can do. But with getting crossed up, all you have to do is stand still. Someone can go around you. That's not getting crossed up. I'm assuming we mean, like, fall over. That's a whole other thing. That's so, I think, getting crossed up <laughs> is so much worse, honestly. So Probably. Uh, at, least, at least for a regular person, because, like, as a regular person, if you get dunked on by an NBA player, it's almost kind of expected. Whereas with crossed up, you can prevent that no matter who you are. That's fair.
3: Just watch the hips, man. But, uh, (laughs) I think we have one more voicemail before we get out of here. Let's hit it.
2: Hey, what's up, guys? This is Ben from Kentucky. Love the podcast. Just want to know, who do you guys think would win in a hot
0: dog eating contest? And what would your number be?
3: Yeah, I want to say it would be me. Um, but I don't know how many hot dogs I could eat. I'm going to keep it real with you. Um, I, I was talking, I was, Wait, and I feel, Matt, yeah, you go, Theo.
2: I feel like you care the most about all of us, about your like physique and like staying healthy. So when you hit about four, I feel like you would hit a mental barrier more than physical.
3: Now, here, here's what you don't, here's what you don't understand about me. I can eat whatever I want and I do eat whatever I want. Okay. Um, <laughs> it, it's like my metabolism is that of a small factory. Like it just churns all the time. So, I'm not really worried about it. I'm sure I'll burn off those calories. Um, but I was talking to our friend Zach about this. This is directed at Matt, I guess, more. Um, and Zach thinks I could get, like, 10.
1: I don't think you like could.
3: It, that's what I'm saying. I don't think I could get 10 hot dogs. I no. think I would cap out at, like, 7. I, I don't think know. It, Even at, like, 7, I think I would struggle. I think, I think... Eating a lot. I assume, I assume we're knowing, talking like
1: knowing a short Bladen. Of time. Theo, I guess I don't know you as well as I know Bladen, but knowing Bladen, proving you can eat a lot just means more to him.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Tell me if
1: I'm wrong, I'm com- Bladen. But... I'm competitive. I love to yeah, win. Yeah, so he would, he'd win. I, I'd have, I wouldn't <laughs> want to make myself sick. It's really not worth it. I'd rather lose the contest than win. And then no, I,
2: I pick sick my, for a day and a I half. I would pick my spot. I think Blay- I think I agree. If Bladen wants to take this one and say him, I'm not going to be the one who's like, "No, man, I could eat so many hot dogs. That's not me." <laughs> I know that I could probably I could eat like four hot dogs and be like, "That's enough hot dogs for today." And I feel sick and I quit. Like that would be my mentality after about probably four or five hot dogs. Matt, okay. your favorite. You we talked about the Fourth of July things, and you said your favorite thing was hot dogs. So maybe you just enjoy them so much that you could. Uh,
1: you could choke a few more down. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I don't want, I don't want 10. I'd have, I'm not even that hungry right now. So probably wouldn't have any. I
3: don't think, I don't think we're having a hot dog eating contest anytime soon, unless you guys want to right now. Um,
2: I I think, I think the real,
3: I think, I think the real test, I think the real test has to be how fast we can eat a four for four.
2: What, what is one what you food that you about? would win an eating contest of? For me, it's plain Rice Krispies. I could eat 10 <laughs> boxes of those in one sitting. Plain Rice Krispies with nothing on them. I could pour myself that bowl and it would be unlimited. I could go all day. I would not lose that contest. That's the one food where I would be like, okay, you're not beating me in that specific food. I don't know if anyone else has a food that they could just eat all day, but it's not hot dogs for me. It would be plain Rice Krispies with nothing on them.
1: I'm dominant in Razz Cranberry (laughs) No, I
3: I can't I can't attest to that. Matt goes ham on the LaCroix. I I don't think I have a food. I I don't think I have a food where I'm just like dominant in. I just like to eat. um, And I have certain foods that I'm like, I like it more than others. But I don't just like engulf certain foods more than others. You know?
2: The other one is shrimp with cocktail sauce. I could maybe win a competition
3: in that. That's weird. See that that one that one's bizarre.
2: I think shrimp. That's a very normal.
3: Food. To to be able to just like devour shrimp though, like at a certain point, you're talking about you would get sick with hot dogs, and you're gonna devour shrimp. Yes. Okay. I'll take your word for it, Dio. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want I don't want to bore everyone with our conversations about what foods we can devour, but. um... I think that wraps things up on our end. Stay tuned for our next Stay Hot Shots coming this Wednesday, and we will be doing our startup draft, as mentioned earlier, for Tuesday's show. Should be a bang, Should be an absolute banger. And stay tuned for the NFL as the NFL season is starting to get going. We're going to get in some fantasy football here pretty soon as well, um, as long, uh, along with a fantasy draft talk, I think, next week. Um, tons of content coming your way. We're super excited, super exciting stuff. From Corn Boy, Dunk Boy, and your Lemon Boy. We'll catch you on the Flippity Flop.